Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 3rd. Accept others as they are, and you'll attract supportive friends wherever you go. It's really such a simple, it's just one simple sentence, but it can be the difference between really having, in many ways, a happy and fulfilling life or having a very lonely one. Um, I just, I've lived in community for all my adult life, so of course my, my, uh, my opportunities have been magnified in a way that I wish everyone could have. But uh, in, the, in the course of the last uh, f- few months, this is being recorded in October of 2020, so we're still in a somewhat restricted situation. I'm slightly more restricted than some, because not because of my own personal condition, although my age is a factor, but because I'm in close association with people who are in close association with vulnerable people. So that has put me in a narrower sphere. And as a consequence, some neighbors right across the street, um, an Indian family who cooks really well and cooks, you know, homemade Indian food all the time, they've sort of adopted me and my housemate. And just periodically and seemingly with perfect intuition, they show up at the door with a home-cooked dinner. And they they tend to just always knock on the door just at the time when I'm standing in the kitchen thinking, oh dear, what am I going to have for dinner? And then they show up, sometimes with their children, sometimes they send their children just to deliver. And I was just reflecting. There's so many aspects of it that are so lovely. Um, Their generosity, their, their constant remembrance of us, even after all this long period of time. And another part of it that actually particularly touched me was that the, the assumption that they would be welcome, that the, they have enough confidence in themselves and enough faith in my friendship that they know they can just knock on the door and hand me a home-cooked dinner and I'll be absolutely delighted to see it, and that the, the empty dishes will come back within a day or so with a note of gratitude. Um, I was speaking to another friend about a situation that he was in, and he remarked about, he, he had a period of ill health, minor, you know, just a minor period of the flu, and I was trying to be of service. Do you need juice? Do you need food? And I realized that he wasn't responding to my questions as, um, as much as I felt he should. So it led to a conversation about the difficulty of accepting help from friends. And I told him that I know that this is a a big issue that a lot of people have, which is they may be willing to give, but they're not willing to accept. Um, I expressed to him sort of the system that I came up with a long time ago and and have tried to follow ever since. I reverse the situation. If someone asked me to bring me a meal when I'm sick, um, cook dinner for me when I don't quite feel like it, 
you know, take me to pick up my car when my car is being repaired, come to get me when I've locked my key inside my car and have to go home and get my second set of keys, whatever it might be, take me to the airport even early in the morning. I think if someone asked me, I would be very happy to do it. I would be, think it was fun. I would feel grateful to help them. And I was trying to express to him what I finally figured out. You're insulting your friends if you think it's an imposition. Because you're basically saying, I'm unselfish and would do it for you, but you're too selfish to do it for me. That's what it really means when you hesitate to ask, which is that you don't trust their friendship. Now, hopefully you have friends you can trust, but what Swami's saying here, first, there's two steps to having friends, or the first step to having friends. Accept others as they are. Just a few words, but what does that mean? That means we're not judging, we're not resenting, we're not resisting. We're, we're trying to find out who a person is, and even more than that, who are you trying to become? You know, what are your aspirations? I remember a, a, an exchange once where I was, before I'd learned as much as I've learned now, because these are not, have not been automatic lessons for me by any means. I was trying to encourage someone to develop a certain quality in themselves. And I was pushing too hard. And somehow or another Swamiji got involved in the conversation. I really don't even remember how. But I said, don't you agree that it would be good for them to develop this quality that I'm urging upon them? And somebody said, oh yes, absolutely. It would be a wonderful development if they could come that way. But then Swami looked at me very seriously. He said, but you have to wait till they want it for themselves. Oh, oh yeah. It's not just a question of being right in terms of some sort of absolute sense. It's like, who am I working with? What is their aspiration? In another context, an exchange between two friends, the same sort of thing. One is pushing the other to sort of develop in a certain way. And in exasperation, the, the aggressor says, don't you want to be good in this way? And the recipient says, yes, of course, but I have a lot of other priorities of things I can work on first. And it's very honest, it's very true, that's what it is. But if, if it's not a priority, or if it's not even on the person's radar, who are we serving by constantly badgering them to go in a direction that they themselves feel neither inclined nor inspired to go? Like, is that how change really takes place? Of course, the people who badger and harangue never enjoy it when it's directed toward them. I remember thinking very early in my spiritual life, you know, that I was really tough and I just wanted people to speak frankly to me and then one or two people did and I was devastated. <laughs> and I realized a frontal assault on the ego is really not as easy to take as we think. And then I also began to learn other aspects and I learned all these things through myself that it wasn't, it was rarely that I didn't know what I needed to do to become better. And it was rarely that I didn't want to, to follow through and become better. But there was always some fear involved, some anxiety, some just not, not having the capacity to sort of focus or what would happen if I really opened up in that way, if I let go of this defense mechanism or really put myself out, you know, in the way that so-and-so, I really think I ought to. In other words, the word fear was, was almost always the operative blockade 
It wasn't lack of knowledge, lack of willingness, lack of understanding of the importance. It was just simply fear. Fear of a thousand things. You know, fear is not always so easy to catalog, but we know it when we feel it. And in that context, I realized that the way to help people develop the qualities we think they should develop is to love them unconditionally. Because when we're loved unconditionally, then we're less afraid. And if we're less afraid, then all good things follow after that. But as long as fear, especially fear of acceptance, you know, there was, there was a conversation uh, I was having with a friend and we were saying, uh, it, was a bit, it was actually a sort of a business matter related to money. It was related to someone managing someone else's money and it had to do with the distribution of profits. I mean, literally, the distribution of profits versus holding back some of those profits because a s- essential investment had to be done in the source of those profits. And talking to the manager saying, you know, you, you really need to hold back some of the distribution because that's not really profit that's needed for upkeep. And the manager said, well, once you start giving people, you can't not give the money to them. And other more experienced people in the room said, well, of course you can. No, you can't. You have to keep giving it to them. But the rest of that sentence is, if I stop giving it to them, they'll stop loving me. And very often that's sort of, however we phrase it, whatever the circumstance, if I do that, something bad is going to happen. People will stop loving me, I will, I will become vulnerable, whatever it might be. More will be asked of me. If I give more, more will be asked of me. That's people are often afraid of that. Once I start giving, there'll be no end to it, and I won't be able to keep up. It, it's, there's always a fear of something that's going to happen that's bad happening to me. So the best way to help one another is to, to give each other confidence to give each other confidence that we are absolutely loved just as we are, not because we're perfect. It doesn't help to continually say, I love you because you're perfect, because nobody's perfect. It's I love you in spite of who you are. I love you because of who you are. I love you because I believe that you can become better. So you see, it's not just a capitulation to say you love someone unconditionally. What you're loving is their own potential to grow. And you're loving them because you have faith in that potential. And that is transforming. And the relationship that Swami um, draws here between how we love others and how we're loved in return is, is really not metaphysical, although you could also put it out that way. It's, it's experiential. Think about it. If there's people whose constant outpouring toward you is positive and supportive, Um, how does he put it, and accepting, positive, supporting, accepting, uplifting, because they believe you can do it, what is your natural response? You want to be around them. Why would you not want to be around them? If if you have a choice between somebody who's always putting you down and making you feel like a, you know, roadkill, and someone over here who always makes you feel positive and hopeful about yourself, who are you going to spend your time with? You'll obviously be, you'll gravitate to the person who makes you feel uplifted and good about yourself and gives you the strength to go forward and do the things that you know you ought to do. And the next natural response, unless you're really a terribly unrefined person, is that you want to return the favor. And you don't even have to think about how to return the favor. It's, 
because the phrase Swami uses, if you love people as they are, you'll end up with supportive friends. Again, just imagine if, if you don't know anyone, if you don't have relationships like this yet, but imagine it. Someone is pouring out to you, to you, appreciation, respect, acceptance, um, a, an open-hearted love, a belief in your future. What is, how, how do you automatically feel inside? You feel so grateful. You feel so welcomed. You feel so happy in their company to pour back to them the same kind of energy. You don't have to make a mental decision. You don't have to use your willpower to do it. It's just you, one exhales and just is so grateful for that person. And gratitude, supportive. And then, you know, again, a refined person wishes to return in kind. You've been so good to me. What can I do for you? And it's, it's really as simple as that. I've had people come to me because these days um, romantic relationships are very difficult to hold together and many people suffer in this arena. And people will come to me, you know, trying to find a partner and have either having had terribly disappointing experiences or no experiences at all. And I remember on more than one occasion a person, I, I've asked someone, you know, what do you think will happen to you after you meet your partner? And they'll sort of give me a list of, of you know, what's going to happen. And the way I've, I've actually suggested as an actual exercise, write down everything that you think is going to happen that once you have a partner. Just write it all down. I said, now look at that list and ask yourself, some of those things are dependent upon having a partner. That's a fact. If you want to have an, an intact family, you need two adults before there's children. Um, but not everything on the list actually requires a partner. It's that you imagine you will become someone else after that partner comes. So I said, here's a suggestion. Mark everything on that list that you can do now and start doing it. Because among other things, it, uh, it will be a more satisfying life. You won't just be sitting on the edge of your couch waiting for your life to begin. You'll actually be engaged in it, which is a value. Also, you will start becoming the person who will have the magnetism to attract the partner. Because for all those things to happen, you have to be there. You have to exist. And if you're waiting to exist until someone else sort of sprinkles you with pixie dust and then suddenly you're going to change, first you're not likely to attract that person and I hate to be the one to tell you it's not going to happen like that. Engage yourself. Engage yourself in being whatever it is you would like to have in your life. And the very act of doing that begins to, to turn your universe into that kind of a universe. So if you really wish to be surrounded by friends, how simple can it be? Become a good friend to people. Just like that. Just become a good friend. Make a list of what it means to be a good friend. And then sometimes it's a little scary. <clears throat> it's a little scary to cook dinner and go knock on your neighbor's door and say, I have this extra soup. Would you like it? Maybe you want to send an email before you come, or maybe you just want to knock on the door. I made more than I need. Would you enjoy it? And then just see what happens. Conduct it as an, a science experiment. These are not theories. These are actually living truths that you yourself can bring into your life. So Swamiji says, 
accept others as they are, and you'll attract supportive friends wherever you go. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.